You're listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and this is episode four. Rebel Boss Ladies, welcome back for another episode of the podcast. Really excited you're here as always because today we have an incredible guest on the show. Her name is Kate Doster of katedoster.com. Kate is actually a copywriter turned online business owner who specializes in teaching the quote-unquote little guys, the unknown bloggers, carve out their space online with fun email marketing strategies and easy yes mini offers. Kate really believes and I 100% agree with her that you don't need to be a dirty rotten spam face to write emails that jolt your subscribers into taking action, gobbling up your paid offers like candy or kale if that's your thing and ultimately becoming your customers. Kate is also the host of the Inbox Besties podcast, which is an amazing segue because this episode of the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast is two parts. Part one is right here. You are already listening to it. And part two takes place on the Inbox Besties podcast. As soon as you're done listening to this episode, be sure to head on over to the Inbox Besties podcast with Kate Doster because she's going to be interviewing me on how to recover from a failed launch, how to break it down and what to do immediately after that. So if you're somebody who's worried about failing from your launch or maybe you've recently experienced what you identify as a failed launch, you're going to want to listen to this one podcast part two of this episode series but we're in part one right now so in just a moment I'm gonna turn us over to the interview that Kate and I had together this is part one and Kate tells us all about how to create raving fans addicted to throwing fistfuls of cash at you yes We're talking about how to get people on your email list or in your audience literally throwing money at you when you offer them your paid offer. How cool is that? How incredible does that sound? Honestly, just process it. You may be feeling like, oh my gosh, I have this offer. No one's buying it. Or, oh my gosh, when I create my offer, will anyone buy it? You're not going to be feeling that way anymore after you listen to Kate because she breaks it down in such a simple easy to understand framework that's going to get you to realize how simple it actually is to turn your audience into raving fans who want to give you money, who are willing to pay you for whatever it is that you're offering to them. So stay tuned. It's it's a really fun interview, guys. Kate, she is a riot. So let's quit the banter, shall we? Turning it on over to the interview now. Hey, Kate, how are you? Hi, I'm so excited to be here on the podcast. So I am with Kate Doster, who has graciously agreed to join me and the Rebel Boss Ladies community. Kate, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited. I'm so excited to be with my fellow Rebels. (laughs) No one tells us what to do. Yeah, so uh, I gave the bio to our community just before we're starting this interview. But if you don't mind, just kind of introduce who are you? Why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I here? Okay, so I'm Kate Doster of katedoster.com and the host of the Inbox Besties podcast. I'm a fellow podcaster. 
And I am obsessed with being able to help people really like communicate themselves in their offers. So in particular, my jam is email marketing. Now I am not like a super amazing writer, even though I was paid quite a lot to be a copywriter. So don't you thinking that you have to like bleed the alphabet to be amazing at writing emails and just in general, you really just have to have a deep passion for your person. And as we're going to see, spoiler alert, talk to them like a person <laughs> later on in the interview. So I help people with their email marketing, their funnels, passive income, all that giant nerdiness. Basically, it's being able to make money helping others do what they want to do too. I love it. And I don't even remember when I was introduced to you, but I remember how I felt when I found you and I found your site and I started getting your emails and I'm like, this person is legit. Like she knows how to communicate well to her people. And I think that that's definitely a testament to your, your strategy and your success. Thank you. I'm like ridiculously like nerd out on like human behavior and psychology. So my background degree is in communications. I've got a minor in psychology. I love fire psychology, economics, all of that funness. I love people. They're fun. And you are definitely a good person uh, for our Rebel Boss Ladies to learn from. So I'm really excited hey. that you're here. And today we are going to be talking about how to get your people, as you say, Kate, literally throwing money at you. So our Rebel Boss Ladies community really wants to make money from digital products. Some of us have made some money. Some of us have not yet, but we are all equally as motivated. So we're really excited to hear from you about how you can get people, quote unquote, throwing money at you. How is that possible? <laughs> right. I mean, it sounds so much cooler than throwing PayPal at you or I guess like Bitcoin, although I've never had once anyone pay me in Bitcoin. I don't know what it is. So I digress. So what it is really, if we had to boil it down, there's a couple steps to this process, but it's basically you becoming someone's favorite and then being like, there's no one else on earth that I would ever buy this course or product from. And it's a lot easier than you think. Yeah. I mean, that's so interesting because I know it can get really, it can be really easy to fall into this mindset or this notion that sales is sleazy and we should be scared of selling. But this is kind of the opposite of that. This is kind of like, no, I mean, we're not being sleazy. People are asking us to take yeah. their money. Right? Like, here's the way that I like to say, and this is very like popular marketing term. So I'm probably not the first one to say it, but like, if your person comes to you and they have a headache, are you going to be like, I've got this aspirin, but you can't know about it. And it's like hidden in my bathroom under the corner, but I'm going to give you like five blog posts about other remedies. I'm going to tell you like exercises, but if all they truly want is just the shortcut, the aspirin to get rid of the headache, you're kind of a jerk for not giving it to them. So that's the way like I want you guys to sort of think about this and sort of blends a lot about what we're talking about, where literally like Think about it from like your own self. How many like freebies have you downloaded, maybe read half of, and then done nothing with? But if you are shelling out, you know, $2,000 for coaching, or if you are in an amazing mastermind and membership, <laughs> link in a bio for one for meeting, like you are going to give it more value and you're going to treat it better. So that's all you're doing is by actually putting a price tag, you're really helping facilitate change by making people realize, hey, I spent this money, I better go and do it. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're somebody who's been thinking like, no, I can't sell. I'm not good enough for that. Or I feel guilty doing that. Just no, don't think that not no. cool. Not going to help you out. You are doing a disservice to your potential customers by not giving them something that they can buy. From you. And some people might honestly feel bad. 
they're like, oh my goodness, like every week you create these amazing blog posts or podcasts or videos. Like, how can I support you in some way? I know, of course, straight up that I bought, I didn't need to, but like this particular blogger, like she brought it every single week. And I'm like, I just want to support you in your business. I have no need for this, but I'm willing to give you my money as a thank you for just being you. Oh yeah, that's so true. I mean, I remember listening to Pat Flynn's podcast. Um, I don't remember, this was months and months and months ago, but I remember he said something about, you know, I, I've been an affiliate marketer for so long. People were just waiting to give me money for my own digital products. So when I finally launched it, they were so excited and, and really like passionate about finally repaying me for the help I've given them. So, so true. Thank you for bringing that up. It is guys. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Like what's, what, if we had to break this down into kind of a step-by-step uh, process, how can the Rebel Boss Ladies community learn how to get out of that mindset and actually start getting into the mindset of selling in a healthy, strategic, successful way? All right, Rebels. I know we don't like being told what to do. So think of it as a suggestion for you to mull over with your kombucha or your green tea this evening. So the very first thing is that you need to sort of flip everything around. So it's not about you. It's about your person. You need to actually be disproportionately passionate about the people and community you serve versus yourself, ironically, and your topic. So, so many people are like, follow your passion, make money out of your passion, your passion. Passion fades. I know when I first met my husband, it was like hot and heavy. And now it's just like, eh, I love him, but like, it's different. And so that can happen a lot with following your passion. I would say be curious about your topic and love your person. And this also sort of is a backdoor mindset where if you are so passionate about helping you know, moms make money from their blogs and you create this course and then no one buys it. You're not like, Oh my goodness, I'm a flaf like a failure. Oh my goodness. This offer blows. Like I need to set up shop somewhere else. I'm done. It's okay. So they didn't like a course to help them do this. Maybe they would rather have a PDF for it. Maybe they would rather do this. So you can think of different ways to serve your audience even around the same topic. So that way you don't necessarily pull your whole self-worth into one product because there's going to be a lot of different ways that you can help people all get to the same spot, right? There's a million different ways to skin a cat as gross as that analogy is. So it sort of takes off that general pressure. That is That's so- yeah, that's so true. I mean, and we're going to talk about this as a this is a hint that we're going to be doing another podcast part two, uh, talking about like failed launches and how not to just like fall over and die when you feel like your launch has failed. Um, and and this is <laughs> this is one of those ways, right? Like, take a look at the big picture. You are here for your target customer. Like, you're supposed to be helping them. So I love that you said be obsessed with your person. Like, you are here to hold their hand and get them to whatever destination you're heading towards. So don't give up on them. Exactly. Because maybe we're like, okay, I want to help stay-at-home moms. And you're like, okay, like, what are some things that I like? That's what I do. What are some things that I like? Oh, well, I kind of like cooking. I'm pretty good at it. So maybe I'll talk about food stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it just... It takes off all the pressure if you're not quite sure where you're at quite yet in life. So that's just for all my one. Don't follow your passion. Be curious. Like <laughs> so the second one, and this we already sort of talked about, and it ties into two real like mind shift, like mind shifts that you need to have. And the first one is you need to get over that whole like selling is icky and sleazy and slimy and gross and pushing and you're stealing people's wallets and now like their kids aren't going to be able to eat or <clears throat> bad things are going to happen. The only time that sales are bad is when you are telling people about an offer that cannot help them. 
But if they're already say on your email list or they're following you on social and you know, you normally talk about artisanal breads and then mysteriously you have an artisanal bed brand that you're going to be selling. That's not a problem. Cause that makes sense. That's why they're falling into you. It's when someone knocks on your door in the middle of dinner and tries to sell you an air purifier. It's like, I'm not thinking about that. I don't want that. Like, who are you? Why are you here? Or a lot of people have like that buying a car experience that's so awful, where it's like him versus them versus me and all this stuff. You realize that you and your audience are actually on the same team because both of you just want to get them to take action, which is why we're putting a price tag on things. So that way they'll actually start seeing some results and taking you seriously. The other thing, and if you all been following this podcast, you know about our love of email marketing, <laughs> and that is every email is a sales email. And so I literally heard audible gasps from the audience. Like I can feel you through cyberspace. And you're like, what? So one of the questions I get asked a lot from my students, my community is like, well, how many emails should be like just content, like value, value, value versus like a sales email. Every email is a sales email because you are selling the fact that you care about your person, that you understand their concerns, that you understand their worries, that you are going to help them get where they need to go, that you are worthwhile, that you're consistent and you're not just like a, you know, you burn bright for like three weeks and then you're gone forever type of scenario. That's what you're selling. Now, if you want to casually mention a paid offer or, you know, it's the very end of your launch and it's like a last chance, then by all means, you're going to use language that's like make a decision. That's really what you're doing is coaching a decision from people. They can decide. We're not tricking people. We're not being like gross. It's just like, do you really want this? If you do, here it is. And sometimes people don't know what they want. So you need to sort of give them like points of references. Like, oh yeah. Or no, I'm fine. And then just be cool with it. Yeah, be cool with it. So true. Because you know what? Sometimes they don't need what you're offering. And that's not personal, right? Like that's not bad. It's okay. Because some people will want it. And those are your people. Exactly. And again, some people don't realize that they need it. And this is another one from a copywriter I got from Amy Harris, the analogy. And I love it. And so I use it all the time with myself and my students. And that is, Someone might know that they are coughing, they're sneezing, they've got a fever or a headache and the chills, but they don't know they have the flu. So they know the symptoms, but they don't know the core problem. So it's your job, especially during launches or straight up sales email, I'm using air quotes, guys, to actually tell them like the reason why you're hitting your head on the pillow at the end of the night and nothing is getting done. It's not because you suck. It's not because your kids got in the way. It's because, and then you explain to them, you know, they're not following a proper system, this, this, and that. And lo and behold, your offer helps them do that system. Yeah. And, and when you've successfully hit that pain point, I think that's when people start to get their wallets out, right? Like they know you are speaking to them. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, it sounds, I, I hate to say agitating the pain point because it kind of feels like you're just scratching an open wound, but agitating the pain point. I don't know if there's another way of saying that. I would, say sh I would say either putting a magnifying glass on it or really it's about shining a mirror. And that's all the way that I like to say to people. Cause I'm like you and like, I, I've never used the term heart centered. Sorry, all my rebels who use that. It's just, it ain't me. So I'm not going to use it. Like when you can shine a mirror back on them and be like, this is the reason why this is happening. I know that this is happening to you and this is going to be what's going to happen in the future. So a little bit of foreshadowing all of a sudden you don't feel bad. 
But like, if you had this best friend who's in this toxic relationship, obviously you'd want her to get out of it. So you're going to do everything you can to be like, this is happening in this and this and that. And then they're like, oh, all right. So like, what should I do? And then you tell them, do this. And they're like, yes, I need that. (laughs) Yeah. So you're just shining a mirror on people. You're not trying to make them feel bad or awful. You're telling them why they already feel bad and awful. And then they're like, thank you for the solution. Here is my money. (laughs) Take it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because I know we've been talking a lot about like high level stuff here, but that is really the basic building blocks of being able to create the whole sort of business ecosystem where people are just constantly throwing money at you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, it is high level, but I mean, what people say is it's complicated and hard and it's intimidating, but guys, it's actually really not like, it's so unbelievably simple and you probably want to smack me across the face for (laughs) suggesting that, but it is. right? It's so right? simple. <laughs> and like when we do the recap of these, you're gonna be like, that was like the four steps. Yeah. Like that was, that was there's only like four sentences that you yeah. need to know, but we're sitting here explaining to you why this other stuff could be an issue and it's things to look back on. So the third step in really creating this is talking to your people like people. What? I know it sounds very, very shocking. So this is twofold. Now, I'm sure you guys, since you've been listening to this podcast, have probably heard of something called copywriting. So I actually am a retired copywriter. I got paid boohoo dollars to make people slap buttons on the internet, as I like to say. But really all it is, is you're having a conversation with a person. So you are using words that they would actually use to describe their problem. You're getting very specific. Like I said earlier in our example, when her head is hitting the pillow and nothing's getting done is a lot different than, are you feeling burnt out? Like, okay, how does physically being burnt out actually show up? So that's talking to her like a person. You're listing off again, those symptoms. And that's what's so powerful and how someone can land on my blog post from Pinterest. And in literally less than two minutes, they're handing me money for my EZS offer on my thank you page because all of this is true. And the other half of speaking to them like a person is actually writing the way you talk and using your own vernacular. So a perfect example that I have, one of my friends and fellow course mates, um, she is fancy. And so she will call her people like, hey, fancies, what's going on? If I ever sent that email to people, they'd be like, what? And everyone's like, oh my goodness, like your blog posts are like so funny. And you're just like this like sarcastic sort of like funny girl. Like, how do you do that? I'm like, that's the way I am in real life. Like I can't fake that. And I think that people, when they sit down at a keyboard in particular, they're like, they get in this mindset, like their 10th grade English teachers, like yelling at them and they need to sound all like stiff and starchy, or they need to think that they're not interesting, but just, you know, changing up the words, like if you say awesome sauce and say it in one of your emails, <laughs> like if you swear and you know that your obsession is okay with swearing, especially since we're rebel bosses, go ahead and swear. Like, don't think that you have to put on this different persona and speak differently just because you're writing something down. I'm so glad that you brought this up. And um, a lot of my community is familiar with this already because we, like you said, uh, we swear and uh, can't really apologize for that. But the flip side of that is, and I'm interested to hear what you think about this, Kate. Um, I, when I first started, I, I, I didn't swear and I was kind of like, you know, really gentle and scared to be myself in the public eye and didn't feel authentic and nothing was really working for me. So I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to start just being me. 
And um, most people, I would say like 98% were like, yes, like finally you are showing yourself. And then 2% were like, oh, who is this? This, uh, this woman. <laughs> and why is she using those four letter words in my inbox? I'm not cool with that. How would you respond to that? Um, first of all, if they're like, oh my goodness, why you're talking like that? Like nine times out of 10, they're going to be too lazy to reply back. They'll just unsubscribe. But I think that I'm going to guess, wild guess, that once you actually started talking about yourself and speaking about things that you're interested and curious about, everything else probably seemed a lot easier. Like yeah. you weren't like stumbling on what to say. Like everyone, it might take a little bit more time to write a blog post, finesse some stuff. As I say, we're sculpting in the awesome. So like, that's okay. But it's just, it's just a sense of relief because now you're getting rid of another extra layer of mind junk off of you. So we got rid of the mind junk about like selling is bad. Uh, you know, about like writing emails is awful. And now it's like, I can literally just be myself and people will like me. And I think Again, I'm so obsessed with human psychology. Like everyone just wants to be liked. But the thing is, is your person is a lot different than other people. So say, not that we talk about this, but say we talk about health and fitness. Like there's a big difference between a gentleman in his 20, kind of like a brosif type of dude who's like interested in his hot gains and like all of this stuff versus if you're targeting, you know, a 50 year old woman. Maybe she's even divorced in your head. You don't need to say like fitness or divorce ladies, but okay. So she's 50, you know, she wants to get her body back. She's probably feeling bad about the divorce. Maybe she's alone for her own time. Maybe she's dealing with some fallout. And so you're going to be able to create like this brand voice and all this content to really speak to her. And when you speak to her as a friend, it's going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're just, I mean, you might weed out some people, but those weren't your people yeah. anyway. Right. So right? who cares? Like, like, do you really want Brosif? Because then if Brosif goes ahead and buys your smoothie guide and it doesn't get the results he wants, then he's going to trash you on Facebook or in comments. Or if you're running a Facebook ad and he happens to see it, like he'll say bad things about you. That's why you want to actually be polarizing and like straight up tell people, like if you're a rebel and like you swear and you're a business coach, straight up tell people, like if you end your emails with blessings, I'm not your person, but if you want to get, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, you can beat me, <laughs> but if you want to get shit done and make a crap ton of cash, then I'm your chick. Like people will respond to that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and that took a little while to get over, but, and you know, it worked out and I'm so happy I did it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so there's just, that is, um, it's a little bit harder if you're on Pinterest, but Whatever of your social media platforms necessarily isn't like your biggest following, like say you've got a lot of people on Facebook, but not on Instagram, then maybe just start showing your true self on Instagram. And, you can just, and then it'll just, you'll slowly get used to it. You'll realize the public can read it and then you can branch it over or like no one sees your Facebook business post, you know, start writing just like posts from the heart there and let it sort of weed its way in to other things. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's hear about step four. I'm excited for the last one here. Yay. So step four. So step four, again, you got all of the double parts and step four is what I like to call like potato chip marketing. So basically when people buy one or eat one or get one, they just want to keep going and going and going. And this is how you get people throwing fistfuls of cash at you. This is how you get people telling all of their friends about you. And that is first of all, creating a product suite. So when you're first starting out, I don't want you like freaking out like, oh my goodness, like I only have this one ebook or I only have one-on-one -on -one coaching. Like, what do you mean I need to have this whole stuff? Just focus on doing that first product that you have exceptionally well. 
I know we're not going to talk about pricing in this podcast, but like, even if you want to price it slightly on the lower end, just so that way you can raise the price later, go ahead. But where this product suite really comes in is serve the crap out of people. Like make sure that after someone buys for you, you have a nice onboarding sequence. Maybe you give them bonus trainings every once in a while, surprise gifts. Maybe you want to give them a discount. And then when you do have, say, the next product that you have available, then tell them about it first or go in and rejigger it. So for example, two products that I have that sell really well, I've got trailing for traffic, which is like 25-ish pre-made Trello boards. And then I have one this email marketing fairy, which is a bunch of templates. So in my Trello course, I have a Trello board that's all about email marketing. So when you buy Trelling for traffic, I tell you about the email marketing fairy like on that page because it makes sense. When you buy the email marketing fairy, I have that same Trello board that I give to people. So it's about like cross-pollinating your products. And by making your lower level products so unbelievably good and results and transformation focused, they're just going to want to buy your next stuff. Yeah. When you make that experience so enjoyable and amazing, they will look at where you mentioned that email marketing fairy or trolling for traffic. That is a tongue twister, Kate. (laughs) Uh, They're going to see it and they're going to be like, wow, I really loved this product. I mean, she's obviously legit. She's not going to screw me. Sorry, but I mean, it's true. She's giving value for what I spend. I mean, why not go spend a little bit more on this next one? And it's just kind of, I'm guessing for you, it escalates from there. Yeah. And you don't even have to think of it as a product suite. So if you're like my coaches or my service providers, it's literally like if someone signs a three month contract with you, you know, around month three, ask them if they want to sign up for another three months, you know, ask them how they're doing, ask them, you know, if you've been getting any results from this, could you tell a friend? Those are the things that are going to make people just time and time again, you know, give you money. And it is so much easier to have a repeat customer than to have an initial customer, which is why you want to make those lower level products so unbelievably amazing and easy to obtain. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, um, if you guys haven't listened to episode two yet, um, my interview was with Emily McGee. I know, Kate, you know Emily really well. I actually think I met you through her. Mm -hmm. Um, And Emily talks all about how she did it backwards. She wishes that she didn't start with that big course because A, it took her a really long time. And B, it's much harder to convince someone to buy a big fat expensive course first as compared to like a $19 ebook. Exactly. And if you guys are happen to be talkers, create a mini course. Like those are my absolute like favorite, like easiest things. Like if you're a talker, do what you're best at either create a set of audios, but just make sure that you're taking off a little chunk. And so I do know that some of you guys were like, Oh, well I have a membership. So like how do I get people addicted? Well, there's, there's two folds here. One, once they're in there, you want to make sure that you set up an actual journey. So like a roadmap of like different stages they would be in, make sure that you're sending them emails in case if you happen to be away, you know, be really active in the group and community. And that's how they're going to give you that money and not cancel that membership because they're going to see value. Another way is if you decide, Hey, maybe you want to give people, you know, a month free for your membership, or maybe what you could do wild idea guys is pull something out of your membership, something that, you know, all of your other members love, sell it as a splinter or a spinoff of just one product. So it's like, oh, you know, everyone really likes the opt-in course that I have inside the membership. I'm going to sell that as a standalone and then woven throughout that standalone, let people know this is available and so much more. 
in the mastermind or like the next step is in the mastermind or let's make sure you implement it in the mastermind. You know what I mean? So this is what you need to start thinking about. How can we have synergy and, <laughs> and cross pollination between your products and always knowing that next step? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have my uh, sales funnel in 30 minutes workshop. It is a mini course, just like you said, where in the span of 30 minutes, you can learn how to set up an entire skeleton for your sales funnel. And then the natural next step is, Hey, you know what? Join the membership and get like the entire roadmap. And you know, like it, obviously you just made the sales funnel. Why not actually go ahead and create every step for it? <laughs> right. And like, go ahead and like serve the crap. And like, everyone's like, Oh, well, when should I create a new product? Like, should I be creating them all the time? Um, I'm like one of those, like perfect what you have. So like, you know, Eden's had her membership for a while. So if she's like, well, what's something else that I could add? Sure. She could splinter, but she could offer like a special like inner circle version where it's actual like one-on-one -on -one coaching time. And I guarantee you, while not everyone in the membership would take her up on that, probably at least one, two, 5% would be like, I do want more of your time just by myself. Like, let's do it. And again, that's what we're thinking about. How else can you support people? How else can you support people? How else can you support them? You should just say that one more time to get it in their hands. <laughs> How else can you support them? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love, and all of this ties in most of all. I mean, number, which one was it? Number one, step one of this four-step framework here, be obsessed with your person. If you are providing value to your person, and you better have a name for that person too. I don't know if you're like that, Kate, but I like to know the name of my target customer so I can get a person. Right? Yeah. Be disproportionately passionate about them. I'm just curious about your topic. And the other thing about that, that I will say, make sure you know how they're different from other people that are seemingly like them. That's probably the one question. I did that a lot when I was taking one-on-one -on -one copywriting clients and just in general, when I do coaching clients, cause I do them randomly now here and there, like, and if you can't answer that question for me, then we've got a problem. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean by that? Okay. So saying that you're disproportionately passionate about we're just going to use business for business. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> so, so you're disproportionately passionate about helping other females build a business. Okay. Well, what type of business? Because there's a big difference between a, even if you're going one step further, like a mom, there's a big difference between helping a mom monetize a blog versus a mom build an MLM versus a mom who wants to make her living on Etsy versus a mom who wants to sell courses. Like, while all of them are helping moms make money at home, there are other different avenues. So like for MLM, like those particular people, I've never done one, but I know for them, it's a lot about like recruitment. So it's like for me and my course is like, I don't need to tell people about recruitment per se. Like that would make no sense. And like, I know nothing about Etsy. So that would also make no sense. So that's how are they different from someone who would seem like them. Yeah. And I think that you can even niche down in a different way. And I actually just had this conversation with one of my um, bread and butter blogging uh, members earlier today, niche down, not only like the topic, but also who that person is just like as a human, like, are they realtors? Are they um, parents of children with special needs? Do they live in RVs? Like, where can you, how are they different in that way? Cause like sometimes that can open up a whole new community. I really can't because everyone has different issues and concerns at like different stages of life. You know what I mean? So when you get crystal clear and that's not to say like, maybe you are just strictly talking to those 50 year old divorcees and that brosif guy happens to sneak in, but if he likes your style, he'll just buy your product. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I target rebel boss ladies, but I have like a few men in the, in my group who are just like really excited. And you know what? I'm all for that. (laughs) Right? Like go for it, dude. More power to you. Well, Kate, we could talk about this forever, Mm -hmm. but I guess we should just kind of wrap up here because we have a whole nother conversation to have. We do. Over at Inbox Besties, we're going to be talking about failed launches. What? But before we wrap up, Kate, I know that you have something really exciting coming up, like really exciting coming up in (laughs) early November. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Sweet. So in early November, I am launching my signature in air quotes course, which is an email marketing course, and it is called Love Your List. And Love Your List has two goals. That's to make email marketing fun again, because I don't know why everyone makes it so like awful and hard and just ridiculously bad. And two, to make people, well, addicted at throwing money at you. So that is what it's all about. So you talk about freebies and landing pages and thank you pages and funnel sequences. And I have a whole module just on copywriting that people say are worth the investment alone because a lot of people tend to talk about list building a lot and there are list building bonuses, but they've never gotten paid by somebody else to make other people click buttons. And I feel like once you do, you have a new sort of like view on copywriting that others don't have. So you can go ahead and head on over to loveyourlist.co. You can get on the waitlist if you want to on there. And on the second day after you're on the waitlist, you do get a bonus training ripped from the course. It's one of the most popular ones. And it's all about quick copywriting hacks that you can use to make your writing sound more like you and get people, well, feverishly excited for slapping your buy button. So you can head over to loveyourlist.co. And if it's open, it'll be open. If not, head over to the waitlist. I love it and highly recommend it. Guys, if you can't tell, Kate is legit. We talked about this earlier <laughs> oh, I love in it again, but I seriously love all of the value that you give to your community. I mean, just signing up for a wait list, you're going to get some value on day two. That's, that's pretty remarkable. Talk about giving some quality experience to the person you're obsessed with. I guess mm-hmm. that's with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> obsessed. It's a little ridiculous. Um, so I'm really excited about that, guys. Definitely go head over to loveyourlist.co. Kate, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And guys, head on over to Inbox Besties because you're going to get to hear your girl Eden get interviewed. What? Woohoo! You just listened to episode four of Rebel Boss Ladies with our amazing guest, Kate of katedoster.com and host of the Inbox Besties podcast. How amazing was this episode? Seriously, I promised you guys that Kate was going to give some incredible information about turning your audience into raving fans, and I don't think she disappointed. She did not let us down. Lots of incredible nuggets of wisdom that you can take with you on your journey. And if you love this episode and you fell in love with Kate, like I fell in love with Kate. I'm sorry, Kate. This is my girl crush on you, but honestly, it's true. You're going to want to head on over to loveyourlist.co. Kate is launching her signature Love Your List program, which has two parts to it. Number one, you're going to learn how to make email marketing fun again. And number two, you're going to learn how to make people addicted to throwing money at you. So if you're interested in learning more about things like freebies and landing pages and funnel sequences, Kate is your girl and Love Your List is your program. So again, head on over to loveyourlist.co. But hey guys, don't just sign out of this podcast, guys, because this is just part one of two. Part two is published and it's ready for you. If you are interested in learning how to recover from a quote-unquote failed launch, you're going to want to head on over to Inbox Besties. Kate and I are going to be talking all about what to do when you have quote-unquote failed your launch. 
So don't just roll over and die. There are some steps that you can take to recover from that and you will learn all about them on the Inbox Besties show. So I'll see you over there and I'll see you the next episode of Rebel Boss Ladies. Thank you.